You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. I mean, we don't need to be overcome by what's going on in the political sphere. It's like, we can be a presence of peace to our neighbors, to our church, and not get so caught up in all the things. Because it's it's about to get crazy. Next year's going to be crazy. None of us have this nailed, all of us struggle, but there can be some great fruit to intentionally obeying the commands of Christ. I want to receive from the Lord peace. And if I keep looking internally going like, why don't I have more of it? Well, I'm looking for it probably in the wrong place. But if I turn to the Lord, His Word, and look to Him, hey, that's where it comes from. That's the source. You know, that's where I want to find it. Hey, this is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, first, the fantastic Mrs. Cassie Bryant. How you doing tonight, Cassie? I'm doing great. Good. It's cold. It is cold outside. Was that a rude awakening for you guys coming back from Mexico? Well, rude awakening? I don't know if it was rude. We, first By the way, the listeners, we were on vacation in Mexico recently where it was not cold and here in America cold again. Chelsea, my wife is here with me as well. Chelsea, how you doing? How's the cold? Uh, battling seasonal affective disorder every day. <laughs> Do you want to tell uh, Cassie and the listeners about your shopping spree this week? Yes, I'll tell you that I did. Um, I thought to myself, I bet if I gave up trying to look like a normal person and just dress like I was going skiing every day, I bet I wouldn't be that sad. And so I started Googling things like warmest pants ever, stuff like that. And so I bought, I'm currently wearing snow pants. I don't know if you noticed, Cassie, but these are snow, snow pants. So I bought a lot of like really warm stuff, right, that I thought would help defeat the winter. And what's been amazing is it's really messed up my algorithm. And now the internet thinks (laughs) that I am going to climb a mountain, that I am going to do some sort of adventure. And what the internet doesn't know is I am trying to survive the frozen section at the grocery store. (laughs) That's quite an adventure. I want our listeners who aren't in Texas to know that it's 46 degrees right now. Freezing. Um. (laughs) <laughs> it was, ski pants it was, weather. It was 50 this afternoon. <laughs> ski pants. I got just, these ski pants today and I'm loving them. They're fleece lined. I got these other fleece lined tights, some fleece lined sweatpants. I'm wearing these snow boots and oh I'm already goodness. doing better. Tonight's episode is sponsored by yeah. ski pants. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, Cotopaxi, we would love for you to sponsor. Yeah, hit me with the good stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's give a quick shout out to one of our listeners who left us a shout out. Listen to this review, ladies. It says, it's titled... I don't miss an episode. So they're probably listening right now. She says, I'm so thankful for this podcast. The hosts are spirit-filled as they offer biblical advice for parents. I feel like a lot of parents and family podcasts talk solely pragmatically, whether or not the advice aligns with the Bible. FDP always brings it back to scripture. As a woman, I hear a lot of female voices talk about parenting, which is great. But it's so refreshing and comforting to hear Adam talk about family discipleship and how he leads his church and family. I feel so shepherded by him. What a gift these voices. I'm not even done yet. Listen to this. (laughs) Listen to this last sentence. What a gift these voices are in the cacophony of parenting advice. Wow. Good pronunciation there. Bonus points for cacophony and for saying something nice about me. Thank you, listener. I feel like maybe the reviewers are trying to one-up each other because- Try to get some good literate- For the joy episode, yes. We like compliment Some SAT words in there? Yep. 
Let's do it. I want to, I'd be really glad to read some of these words. If you can work a word in that I have trouble pronouncing or don't, if I have to look it up in a dictionary into a review, one, I guarantee we'll read it. And two, I would love it. That'd be awesome. If I had been you, I wouldn't have even read that review for fear of mispronouncing that word. Cacophony? Yeah. I would have said cacophony. Or or cacophony. That's how I'm going to say that word from now on. The one time I'm going to say it. Well, thank you listeners. I'm I'm really uh, grateful for the positive review reviews. They really bless the podcast because they help other people, new listeners find it. So grateful for you. Thanks for doing that. And thanks for saying something nice about me. That's, I think that's the first review ever to say something nice about me. I received that. Well, you guys get nice things all the time. Kathy, let's go write reviews tomorrow. It sounds like you're comparing yourself to us. No, are I you think, struggling with comparison? Not yeah. at all. Not at all. I think uh, most, I, most, if not all of our reviews are written by lady listeners, which I, I'm grateful for that. And I, I think you guys have a lot to say to the lady listener, and if rightly so. You guys are mentioned a lot as a huge blessing to people, and you guys are a big blessing to me. I'm going to write a review about you. Okay, just put it in a Father's Day card and uh, give it to me next year. I was actually thinking I was going to take whatever I already wrote in a Father's Day card <laughs> and, <laughs> and, put it on, and just put it on there. Yeah. <laughs> You've never used the word cacophony in any of my Father's Day cards. I'd like That's that. That's because she pronounced it cacophony. <laughs> yeah, I clearly do not have good command of that word. All right, well, tonight's episode is about, anybody know? Peace. 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 That's right. Cassie put up the peace sign so she knows well. Peace. We're talking about peace. This is our vices and virtues season tonight. A virtue, one of the fruit of the spirit. Peace. Guys, what comes to mind for you when you think about the word peace? I struggled to define it at first. I kept defining it by what isn't peaceful. So mm. like yep. chaos, disturbances, you know, and I actually asked one of my daughters as she was running into the backyard today. I was like, hey, how would you define peace? And she paused and she said, Beth from Little Women, mm. which if you're a Little Women fan, Beth is an incredibly peaceful character. She's probably the one of highest quality and um, brings a lot of peace to their home. And so it was really sweet that, but I think sometimes I associate the like peace with something else. Yeah. So it was, it was but, so I looked up the definition and Webster's defined it as freedom from disturbance. Freedom which I thought from was disturbance. interesting. Freedom from disturbance. And then it used big words like tranquility and other words to define peace. Chelsea, is that what comes to mind for you when you think about peace? Yeah, I think Cassie's right. I think we often think about it as freedom from a lot of different negative things yep. like chaos, discord, you know, fighting, frustration, things like that. But yeah, I do think of like calmness or um, tranquility is a good word. And I can say that. Well, yeah. You know what's interesting about peace? Chelsea, you may remember you and I talked about this this summer a little bit at a family camp we worked at. And the definitions of peace are often what you talk about, Cassie. We think about them as the absence of something. But the truth is the fruit of the spirit God offers us is not, hey, here's the absence of something. Yeah, It's the presence of something. God is giving us something. Uh, but as parents, especially when you think about family discipleship, we often think about peace as what I want from my kids, the absence of mm-hmm. being bothered. I want peace. What do we always tie it with? Peace and quiet. quiet. Yeah. I always want peace and quiet for my kids. I want peace and quiet in my home. Mm-hmm. I just want, you hear parents say it all the time, I just want some peace and quiet. And what do they mean? They mean the absence of something that bothers me. But what God gives you in peace, and we can talk about this more when we come around at the end of this uh, episode to talk about scripture. I think what he offers you is something more akin to contentment. 
He's giving you something. It's not just the absence of something. He's giving you a, an ability to say, I'm okay. Yeah. In spite of, kind of like joy was a gladness of heart in spite of circumstances, yeah. right? When we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I think peace is more like a contentment in your heart, yeah. mm-hmm. regardless of what's going on. You can have peace from the Spirit, regardless of whether or not you are being, yeah. you know, bombarded with something difficult or your kids are loud, you can still find peace. But I know also peace like that is a real struggle for us. You know, uh, whether you're talking about it as a freedom from disturbance or as a presence of contentment. So let's start talking about struggle. If we can get vulnerable for a minute, where is finding peace, the fruit of the spirit peace? Where is that hard for you as a mom? Well, I feel like I've talked about this before with the guarding my peace bit that my counselor has been teaching me about and uh, how I lose peace when I start prioritizing other things. So when I think that the most important thing is my agenda or my respect or efficiency or getting somewhere on time, we've talked about that before, like Mm -hmm. that, we get that frenetic energy, then it's like peace flies out the window. I no longer have peace because I've misprioritized my life and I've disordered, you know, it's in disorder um, rather than guarding that peace that we have from God. The gift that he's given us is the ability to have peace even if we're running late, mm-hmm. even while my kids are fighting or arguing. It's like I can have that because God offers it to me and the most important thing is peace with him. And then I get to extend that and set the pace of my, like, you know, set the temperature of my home. But in my flesh, I can kind of, I, I tend more towards getting riled up. And so it's definitely a, it's been a learning curve for me. And I'm 10 years into parenting and- I've learned a lot this year, which has been such a grace that I've not been yeah. stuck in old habits. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You are always growing. I noticed that about you. Oh, really? Thanks. I like that about you. Yeah. I think what you're saying is super relatable. It, but the reality in those situations is like, it's not that I traded my peace. I didn't have peace. What I had was punctuality. And then once the punctuality was Ooh, taken away, yeah. then I was, you know, bummed or upset or, or whatever. But I didn't have real peace. I thought I did. You know, yeah. I think what I'm trying to do more like two things at once or try to be two places at once. Um, I don't feel at peace probably because God has made me a limited person and I'm refusing to walk Mm -hmm. within those limits and I'm trying to buck them and then it's not going well uh, because I can't be two places at once. So no wonder that doesn't feel peaceful to me. But when I'm trying to be um, doing something on the phone, on the computer, something like that and engage my family and my children, then you know, I I tend to be more irritable, more frustrated because I'm not getting what I want. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think as a dad, when I think about our own home and I think about my, my lack of peace in my heart has a lot to do with dissatisfaction. Yeah. Has a lot to do with looking around and wishing things were different. Maybe discontent would be a word I would use as well. And uh, a lot of that is for me because I have historically struggled with a ton of insecurities around things that are really important to me. So a lot of these pressures are internal. I would mm-hmm. look at myself and be discontent. I would look at myself and and be insecure, look for my own insufficiencies. And in that lack peace, I don't feel okay yeah. with who I am and how I'm doing. Mm. And I think the fruit of the Spirit, the gift of peace is not just saying like, hey, be okay with not being okay. But there is something there to say, do not look at yourself and tear yourself down in places where the Lord would build you up. Do not torment yourself in places where the Lord has rescued you. Yeah. Uh, When Jesus says, my peace, I leave with you. I don't think he just meant 
Yeah. You guys don't have to fight each other. I don't think it was that kind of piece. Right. It wasn't just, um, you guys uh, stop arguing. My peace, I leave with you. It was, hey, if, I am so satisfied. Or God the Father is so satisfied in what Jesus has done that you're okay. You get to walk in a lot of confidence of your own righteousness. And then that dissatisfaction I have internally towards myself certainly is expressed as a dad towards my children as well. It is very easy for me as a dad to be dissatisfied with my kids mm. in places where it's unfair. Yeah, you know, instead of treating them like our kids' ages, which right now are 11, 10, and 8. Good job. uh, Thank you. Yeah, I messed it up royally last week talking to some. I don't even know where. I was drawing numbers out of midair. There's 17, 12, and 42. It's like like an episode of Lost. Checking their kids in. It's like one of their birthdays and they kind of freeze. They're like, I don't know what year they were born. Between, they're in the one's a summer day, February 34th. So, my, uh, I don't remember what I was talking about, but the dissatisfaction I can find in my kids, I mm-hmm. don't treat them at all like they're 11, 10, and 8. I'll treat them like, why aren't they a full-grown man yeah. who's acting out of Christian maturity? Yeah. And while that is my aim and my goal for them, I do want to have a piece of my heart that says, of course, they are not that yet. Yeah. And so I should uh, have peace around the con- and contentment, satisfaction, if you will, around who God has them where they are right now and who I am right now, knowing that I'm growing from one degree of glory to the next, not I have arrived because I'm a Christian. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a big area of struggle for me is dissatisfaction, like looking internally. What about uh, strengths for you guys? Where do you feel like when you look around your home, there's a lot of peace? Mm, I feel like, I don't know if it's because I'm a morning person, but Ironically, even though we usually have somewhere to be, the mornings do feel like most peaceful in our home. I think it it's because we wake up to new morning mercies. It's like the mm-hmm. sun is up. Yeah. It's a new day. There's a lot of optimism about the day. Spend time in God's word. I mean, it's just a really peaceful way to start the day. It all <laughs> Uh, it's when we have to get out the door is typically where we start to lose peace. But man, if we're home, especially on our Sabbath day, it is just so sweet and there's so much peace. And we're able to carry that peace even into some of the conflict that our you know siblings might be having or whatever. Because I think like what you said, Chelsea, we're not trying to live beyond what God, is, God has called us to do that day. We've mm-hmm. just, the, the to-do list on our Sabbath is to just rest and to be with Him. And so... Maybe my answer is we have the most peace on Sabbath. No, I can see that. Isn't that why you set that day aside is to reestablish the rhythm of peace? Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is what we get. This is what God gives us. And then it's the challenge is how do we carry that into the days where, you know, we we do have to do other things. Yeah. You're making me think of too, how peace is really tied as well to reconciliation, Mm. that where there was strife, now there is peace. And when you set aside a day of Sabbath, you are reminding yourself, we are reconciled to God yeah, because of what he has accomplished for us. And so we are okay. And maybe you're also relationally doing that as a family as well, saying if there has mm. been difficulty, now we will bring about reconciliation. Yeah. Blessed are the peacemakers. We will reconcile with one another yeah. and have peace in this house. That makes me think of communion too then. Exactly right. Like I was thinking the same thing. Every Sunday we get to practice that and be reconciled yep. and... Well, and think about too how God guards the table and he says, if you have some grudge or someone mm-hmm. has a grudge against you, leave the table yeah, and go and reconcile with that person, then come back. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is peace. In other words, walking with the Spirit will lead you towards this peace, this satisfaction that everything is okay. And if something feels not okay between you, 
then let's reconcile. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of someone who I've had to apologize to a lot and reconcile with a lot and maybe... I, you. No, 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 it's not Cassie. <laughs> it's you, Chelsea oh, Lane. Me. Yeah. Where do you feel like uh, our our home finds peace, has peace? Where is that a strength in the Griffin household? Honestly, I feel a lot of peace in our house. Yeah. I think our kids are a lot of fun. And um, like Cassie said, Sabbath days, days where we're just hanging out, having a good time with our kids, playing board games and just chilling. It's always a sweet time. Like uh, for our listeners who don't know, we have a hot tub in our backyard, which is part of keeping me warm in, in the winter. <laughs> Scoreboard. Uh, but the, the hot tub's great because y- you can't like take anything else with you. Like you can just... Right sit with it, with your family and chill and talk and stuff like that. So I love it when we're all out there at nighttime, when we're doing our, our devos as a family, I think it's always sweet. I think our kids are pleasant in that time. I like that we do that at night because our kids don't really like want to go to bed. They don't really fight it, but like, right. I, I just think that they're, they're happy that we're still in there, you know, talking with them and everything. Um, but yeah, I love it when our family sings together and worships together. Yeah. Yeah. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, FAMILY10, to get 10% off your entire order. Hey, listeners, we live in a world where anxiety, depression, and weariness seem to be the basic descriptors of our lives. For many of us, our calendars and our plates are overfull, yet our lives still lack joy. But it doesn't have to be this way. Jesus invites you to have true and abundant joy that's only found in Him. In John 15, Jesus reveals three very surprising pathways to finding this type of joy. You can discover these pathways in the new book, Overflowing Joy, by author and Bible teacher Tara Dew. This is available at LifeWay.com, and you can save 40% off with the code JOY40. Again, that's J-O-Y, the number four, the number zero, at LifeWay.com. The new book is Overflowing Joy by Tara Dew. Check it out. I think we have a, um, we don't let a lack of peace linger in our household. That's like true. if there are some brothers who are being unkind to one another, or there's a grudge being held, or there's a dissatisfaction with somebody else in our home, we address it immediately. Yeah, that's and, true. And even if it's just a tone of voice, I, I hear a lot of, you know, when our kids were really little, one of our main focus in parenting, and maybe yours was too, Cassie, was first time obedience, right? And that's so good to say, like, you're going to obey as soon as mama asks you. You're going to obey as soon as dad asks you right away 
all the way. Great attitude, however you want to say it. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. And now that they're a little bit older, uh, first-time obedience isn't necessarily the lesson we're teaching. That's kind of the expectation. That's normal. But immediate reconciliation is something that we deal with a lot. Mm-hmm. Is, I heard you speak to your brother in an unkind manner. Mm-hmm. Will you please address that with your with your brother? Yeah. And address it specifically. When, the, when our kids apologize, we make them apologize. Yeah. It's not just, I'm sorry. It's, I want you to recount specifically, what are you apologizing for? Yeah. I'm sorry I did this to you, or I'm sorry I said that, or I'm sorry I said it in that way. We've reached that age where our kids will say what we want them to hear in a way that means the opposite, right? So let's say, yes, sir, but they say it in a way that's like, oh, yes, tone. sir, yes, yeah. or sorry, sorry, so, yeah. which does not mean sorry. It means I'm not sorry, you're wrong, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, so we're addressing a lot of tonal issues right now, but that certainly also applies to between our sons. I think I, while, while we're talking about strengths, I think the strength in our household is the immediacy with which those are yeah. addressed when we are in earshot. Yeah, And I hope that's true even when we're not. And I hope our boys are growing in that sense of like, I need to reconcile with that person. I should not have done that. Or I feel hurt by something they did. I should address that and bring about peace. The the presence of contentment mm-hmm. and satisfaction relationally, I think would be a strength for us. I also think there's a contentment in our house around what we have. And there's not a lot of uh, dissatisfaction in our household saying, I wish we had what other families had, or why can't I you know, go everywhere the other families are going. Uh, one, the, the Lord has blessed us. I, I, like, I'm not saying like we're wealthy, I'm, but I am saying like when I look around our house and I compare it to our neighbors who are many of them refugees and they were to, when they come in our house, they are astounded by the things we own and, yeah. and what we get to do as a family. And I, I think our kids see that and that's part of appreciating what they have is realizing like you, you guys live a pretty charmed life in many ways. Yeah. But I think that um, there's a, a real sense of, of satisfaction in our children. Mm-hmm. Like they, they want things. I'm not saying they don't want yeah. things. Y'all get that Amazon catalog yet with all the Christmas With gifts. all the ski pants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't get the toy when you just get the ski pant one this year. Chelsea's getting a wide variety of ski pants. It's for, the for worst. Christmas. And then Target send one, sends one. I've got to throw it away before my kids find it. Oh, it's really? like, cause, cause we must not be in their target market. They're not sending us any catalogs. Oh, I feel like because then they're good and then they get something like that and then it's just like, oh. We want all these things, you know. And oh yeah! All yeah. of a sudden, it's discontentment and like. Well, and that's the thing is like, my heart is the same way, right? Covetousness totally. ruins peace. If I want something and I want something that somebody else has, it's hard to walk in peace. Yeah. Because if you want your kitchen renovated, then every kitchen you walk into is going to create a lack of peace in your yeah. heart. Or every HGTV show that you watch is going to create a lack of peace yeah. in your heart. And I don't think that's what the Lord has called us to, is to walk in a constant sense of uh, scarcity or need or discontent or dissatisfaction, rather to go like, I have everything I could ever need in the Lord. And I think that's a good segue to, let's talk about scripture for a little bit. When you think about peace, what scriptures come to mind for you? What, What narratives from scripture or what verses? What comes to mind for you, Cassie? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the storm, Jesus calming the storm. And it's not so much that he calms it, but his the peace he has during it and how his response is, ye have little faith. And so I think part of even how when we were thinking about defining peace is like peace is the impact that having faith in God has on our lives. Mm -hmm. And that comes out, you know, if it's something that's inside, that means when the storm comes or the, the circumstances are squeezing us, if we're a tube of toothpaste, then what comes out is peace. It's not 
you know, our own pride. It's not fear, anxiety, but we can respond the way that the way that Jesus does in terms of having a calmness of heart when our kids are the frantic ones. Like, well, why aren't you panicking? There's a mm-hmm. a tornado warning. I mean, we've had those a couple times in the last few years, mm. and uh, it's like, well, I can I can lose it or I can stay calm and have faith. Yeah. That, God's plan is sovereign. Yeah. We're going to hide and we're going to do what we need to do. We're going to walk in wisdom. We're going to hide under the stairs, but we don't have to lose the peace that we have in God because, like you just said, our every need is met uh, in Amen. the faith in Jesus. So we don't have to be frenetic and crazy and lacking peace. Yeah. Yeah. I think of Jesus in John 16 saying, Take heart. I have overcome the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a pretty comprehensive statement, both in the overcoming in the world. Um, when we think about our own homes, our own families, we may have a, a pretty good relative amount of peace, right? But when we think about our whole world, we think of, and we think about some of the most broken aspects of our humanity and to hear Jesus's words saying, take heart, I have mm-hmm. overcome the world is, is a pretty special thing. And when I, when I hear him say, take heart, I, to me, that says you can have peace, right? You can have it. I'm not just, yeah. I'm not taking away all the bad things, but I'm giving you peace. You can have peace with whatever's going on in the world because it has been overcome and your your worst fears have already been solved in right. Christ. And then another verse I think of, uh, Isaiah 26, 3, says you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That's one of those verses that I think um, sometimes if people are not feeling peace, somewhere in our Christian culture, we start to think that certain scriptures are cheesy or unhelpful, but the Bible says that all scriptures God breathed and useful. And we don't need to look at any of God's word and roll our eyes and say that's too cheesy or unhelpful. But yeah. we need to cling on to verses like that and say that's a really good promise. Yeah. That's an unbelievable promise. It says it would keep in perfect peace. That he would keep me in perfect peace. And I've got to and I've got to keep my mind stayed on him. So if we want to roll our eyes on that, then go ahead. Then, you know, mm. pa- pass up the offer. But that's a good promise. Amen. I love that. What is that? What does that stir up in you, Chelsea? Peace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think about how timely this is. I don't know about you guys, but we, I, our house, and by our house, I mean Eric and I, our girls are not politically aware. We're kind of dreading the next election year. Sure. And the tumult it, that, that stirs up in our culture, in our churches. People going to go crazy. In our neighbors, all of it. It's yeah. crazy. And I'm just like, I can't wait for us to just be a presence of peace, hopefully. Yeah. And all those conversations. And when we were younger and angstier, I think it used to stir up those things for us. But as we've gotten older and more secure in faith in Christ, but also just like, this is not our world. I mean, we don't need to be overcome by what's going on in the political yeah. sphere. It's like, yeah. we can be a presence of peace to our neighbors, to our church, yeah. and not get so caught up in all the things. Yeah. Because it's... It's about to get cra- next year's gonna be crazy, and we can be at peace with one another too. Like, yes, yes, even with people who disagree. Yes, Cassie, I know you're not a huge sports fan. Do you know what it means to be drawn off sides? Do you know what that means? Is that soccer? No, but a good guess. Offside. Right. There's offsides in soccer. You can be offsides in soccer. You can in hockey too, right? Can't you? No. What's I'm gonna guess football because y'all are big. I don't know anything football. about. I don't know anything about ho- hockey, but yes, to be drawn off sides in football is when um, they'll try to get you to jump across the line of scrimmage before the right time 
so that you can get a five yard penalty on the defense and usually get a first down is usually yeah. the goal. So before the so hut, you, hut. So you yell before and you move hut, around hut. and you try to get the other team to move when they're not supposed to move, right? So Does that's that what happen? It means to Do be, people get tricked yeah. into that? Yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers used to be notoriously good oh, at it. Oh, okay. Um, and so they could not even have to really go for it on fourth down. They just try to draw them off sides. And then we get an automatic first down with the penalty. All that to say, it's a sports metaphor for what happens a lot in real life. To be drawn off sides means somebody did something, maybe even intentionally. And yeah, they provoked in you and you lost your peace. You're talking about guarding your peace. Yeah. You lost your peace because of what? They said, and I think about that when it comes to politics, it's actually the job of a lot of news websites and a lot of news TV shows to draw people off sides, to say, what if we did this, show this in such a shocking Mm -hmm. manner or said this thing that basically would infuriate you, it would make you, it would make you jump. But a lot of it is, is, it's manipulation. Yeah. Now, maybe a more modern version of this would be if you've seen like, I'm not on TikTok, but I've heard the TikTok trend of telling people that um, Taylor Swift really made Travis Kelsey's career and all these men responding by saying, what are you talking about? He was in all these commercials. He won Super Bowls. And really they were just trying to draw those men off sides to say like, I'll say this and let's watch his response. But I think of that as like, uh, this is what the world does. The world does things that can draw offsides the believer. Mm. Now, there are things that in injustice can infuriate the believer righteously. Oh, sure. But there are a lot of things the world does that I just want to have peace no matter what. And whether it's an election year or whether it's my kids going bananas or whether it's my kids upset at me, angry at me, saying something at me, I want to respond in peace. One of the, well, really, it's a series of narratives that come to mind for me in the New Testament. When you see Jesus interact with someone who is demon-possessed, it is, do you ever see the demon-possessed person at peace? No. Do you ever see him interrupting somebody and them saying like, well, as I'm possessed by this evil, would you please leave me with this demon? This is actually, no, you see people cutting themselves, living among tombs, screaming out, casting themselves into the fire. This is the work of the enemy. And then you see when Jesus casts out demons, you see people amazed because they're like, oh, I recognize that guy. He used to be demonized. Now he's sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening calmly. You see peace invade the life of Mm. someone who's formerly been oppressed or possessed by evil. And evil was a lack of peace contentment, listening to the Lord, following the Lord. And I think when you see stories like that, even right on the heels of the calming of the storm story, you see him cross the Sea of Galilee Mm -hmm. and interact with, depending on which gospel, one or two men who are demon-possessed, who basically cannot be around other people. And then he totally changes their life, just flips it on its head. And says he casts them out. He sends, uh, you know, these this legion of demons into these pigs who cast themselves into the sea. And you see there, what is the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of evil? And the kingdom of evil is not a kingdom of peace. It's one of destruction. It's one of battle. It's one of self-harm and harming others. And the difference is that Christ ushers in a kingdom that is a kingdom of peace. And that's what I want as a dad. It's also what I want to parent into my kids. I want my kids to be so secure in who they are in Christ. Mm -hmm. No one else gets to tell them anything about their identity. You don't get to tell them they are a this or you are a that. I want to always be training them. No, if you are in Christ, son, you can walk at peace. No one can take that away from you. And I want to protect them from that evil. So. Let's talk about for a second that that so what concept of if you're a mom or your dad and you want to parent peace in your home, you want to have a home of peace, 
or you yourself are struggling with peace, what advice or wisdom would you give to somebody? Chelsea, is there maybe coming to you saying, how can I find peace in my heart and in my home? I feel like I give the same answer every on every episode. It's still, it's still, it's still true. It is. Yeah. Um, but I would say obedience to the commands. You know, the Great Commission, Jesus says, like, teach people to obey all that I've commanded. When Cassie talked about Sabbath, she's talking about, you know, being reset, being restored, being reconciled, um, having peace, walking within the limits God's given you instead of rejecting those limits, right? And, and so practicing some of the things that Jesus, some or all, all if possible. Um, none of us have this nailed. All of us struggle, but there can be some great fruit to intentionally obeying the commands of Christ. That's good. How about you, Cassie? I mean, I would say that because it's a fruit of the Spirit, that it's something that we have, God only God can change our hearts. And so those practices are so great. It, it, it's like the groundwork where God can do that work. And so the practice of prayer and even just making requests and asking God, give, please give me a heart of peace. I'm to acknowledge that I lack peace or that I'm a person of, that brings chaos into a room, you know, that even me confessing that this year and like, and seeking help and, and, and beginning that like journey of finding peace in our home and, and in my own heart uh, was just so good. And so I think confessing it and then starting to seek God that he would change Amen. your heart because he's the only one that can do it. And he's so gracious to do it and to give us his good law and his good commands to help like that become the, the groundwork for where he does that work, you know? Yeah, I think I, I love both things you're saying. This may sound a little bit separate from that, but I think one of the things I would advise somebody in as well is identifying your idols. If you find things in your life where you have put your trust that are not God, you will find a lack of peace yeah. because that, that is someone else's kingdom. God's kingdom is one of peace. Mm -hmm. But if you put your trust in something else, you may find there's some satisfaction there, but it is short-lived. You may find some contentment there, but it is fickle. So I would say, identify in your heart, what have I replaced God with? And if it's my future or it's my job mm. or it's my children or it's my success, you'll find a lack of peace associated with that. And so what do we do? We first look into our hearts and go, wherever something is sitting on God's throne that is not God, I want to see it cast down. And so I do that by addressing it directly, articulating it, saying, this is something, Lord, that I want to have removed. And then I cast it down. I seek God instead. And when I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to us as well. What are those things that are added to us? Love, joy, and guess what? Peace. Yeah. Peace is going to be fruit of the Spirit that comes from following our God. Like you said, Cassie, it comes from the Lord. So if we want it, we ask of it from Him. Mm -hmm. And if you ask of it from Him, James says, He will give generously to mm -hmm. those who ask. Uh, he was talking about wisdom, but I think the same applies here to the fruit of the Spirit. Like, yeah. ask for peace. He grants it. That's what, my peace I leave with you, Jesus mm -hmm. said. My peace I give to you. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. I want to receive from the Lord peace. And if I keep looking internally going like, why don't I have more of it? Well, I'm looking for it probably in the wrong place. But if I turn to the Lord, his word and look to him, hey, that's where it comes from. That's the source. You know, that's where I want to find it. Yeah. Amen. 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 Let's do that together. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. And if you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love you listeners, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>